everyone, and welcome to YukikiCast, Episode 5. This is our second take. Today, I am your host, OneTed59, and our guest today is an excellent tasser, Fifth Dispense. How are you doing today, Fifth Dispense? I'm doing great. How about you? I'm doing swell. It is November 8th. So, I know you pretty well. You're an excellent tasser. been around for a while, but for those who aren't really involved in the SM64 task community, who are you and what do you do? Yeah, so my name is Fifth Dispense, and recently what I'm best known for is working on a speed task for the A button challenge. So the A button challenge in Mario 64 is trying to beat either stars or the whole game with as few A presses as possible. And the goal right now is to make a 70 star task that'll be hopefully zero A presses, but maybe it'll end up being one A press depending on how Fire Seed goes. So that's yeah. pr- probably what I'm best known for. Um, but I started off doing test competitions, which I was actually inspired to join by seeing one of your reveal streams. Oh, really? Yeah, huh. that was what got me going, because I'd seen some tests before. Like, I saw one key when it came out, and I think I'd seen a couple of Pan and Coke videos quite a long time ago. And I was always interested in those, but I never actually like felt the impetus to go and start downloading Loopin and figuring out all those tools, because I'd never done anything like that before. But I saw... I think the first two reveal streams in 2018, if I'm remembering the timeline right. Yeah, that sounds and about right. I really enjoyed like hearing your commentary instead of just seeing like a compilation video, which are cool in and of themselves. Like seeing compilation videos is always fun. Yeah. But I could actually hear an expert on the game talking about like all of the things that made runs maybe a little bit faster than the previous runs, and all of the ideas that the runners had used to get their better placements. And you also just did a good job of hyping up the runs and making it seem like a really intense, exciting time. So that was what inspired me to get started on Mario 64, um, hearing your streams. So that was pretty exciting to me. Um, Thanks. Yeah. That, that's cool. I actually had no idea about that. Yeah, I guess I've never really talked about how I got started on tests, but yeah, that was that. And I spent way too much time on my first run. Um, <laughs> I entered task three, and I stayed up late like four nights in a row trying to save every last little frame that I could. But I, yeah. I didn't know anything about how to optimize Mario 64. So <laughs> Yeah, especially on your first task. And that one you got, um, you tied uh, Time Stopper for 19th in 2018 task three. Since yeah, then, I guess uh, I spent a lot more time than Time Stopper did on that task, I would bet. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> well, it's okay. It was your first task. Since then, though, you've gotten, like, really good. You've won multiple tasks in 2019, as well as making the semifinals of both the 2020 task tournament and the um, Easy Escape task tournament that we had earlier this year. So how did you manage to improve uh, since then? Yeah, I think the biggest factor is having a community that's really willing to educate people about how to get better. Um, Because a lot of the time I would see something in a faster run and not really understand what was going on. And there was always somebody who was willing to explain things to me if I didn't understand what was happening. Um, Like, I remember a few people that were always really encouraging and taking care to explain things to newcomers. Like, I think Nonsense was a person who did that a lot. Uh, Devo did that a lot. Of course, he did that both inside of the streams and outside of the streams. So it was very easy to, after I've completed a task and I've seen what everybody else did, Mm -hmm. it was very easy to look at the faster ones and say, okay, well, what did I miss? What do I need to keep in mind in the future tasks? And I feel like every time you really, really make a serious effort at something, oh, yeah, but definitely. then you get beaten, there's a lesson in it. And that lesson is something that you can take to improve your next tasks. And yeah, I think that's 
really it is working with the community. And I made a point of entering, I think, every single task since then. I just yeah, wanted to make sure a that ton I was. Of them. Yeah, like... I don't think I've ever missed one. And that's, I think it was important to me um, not only to like, try to think a little bit about each task, just to see what I could learn from people who did it better, but also to support the community because I really enjoyed all the time that I've spent working on this stuff. And I wanted to make sure that the competition succeed and get a lot of entrance. So yeah, I always wanted to do that. And yeah. we'll see, you know, maybe a task competition will come back someday. Maybe. And if so, then I'll do my best to keep on entering every single one. Although I can't always spend as much time on it as I used to when I was <laughs> yeah, exactly. staying up late before I had my job. <laughs> yeah, yeah, there's a lot of people that have, man, people want to do these task competitions, but they don't have as much time now, which is slightly sad, but either way. Yeah. Entering all of them. Or at least, I don't know if, I can't, I had, did not check if you entered all of them, but you, I saw that you entered at least like a solid 99% of them. So that's just, the constant grind is just really something that's very impressive to me. Thanks. So, yeah, I think I always wanted to put something together, but I, th I wouldn't say that they're all of equal quality, of course. Um, I think oh yeah, it's some are going to be better important. and some are going to be worse. That's just how it is. Yeah, I think it's important to not have like too much ego about your tests if you want to improve. Um, like, I think it's important to just be willing to try stuff out. And even if it doesn't go well, at least you can learn something from it. Yeah. Well said. So over the multiple years of task competitions that you've entered, which entry have you been the most proud of? So that's an interesting question. And I think it's hard for me to not say just the first time I got gold because it's such a... It's such a really great feeling to get gold on something and to find that you've done the best task that you've ever done. So I think I have to go with my first gold, which was a task in 2019. the ROM hack, um, I think Super oh. Mario 74. It was, it was a ROM hack one. And I spent a lot of time on that one. I spent time like grinding out every single frame that I could, like redoing each part, just to get a little bit more time squeezed out. And it turns out I didn't have to do that. Um, <laughs> I, I have one by about half a second, I think. But I'm still glad that I spent the time to do it because I came up with a task that not only had what turned out to be the faster strat, but that I was also really happy with the optimization. I think like the tiny little optimizations have always been one of the weakest parts of yeah. my testing ability. That's not really one of my like, strengths that I spend a lot of time on. And even when I do spend a lot of time, I'm usually not like optimal at it. So I think I was pretty proud of the job that I did micro-optimizing that task as well. Nice. Well, don't sell yourself too short. I'm just saying. You are, like, really <laughs> good. But Yeah, I think I'm solid at it, but I think I will never be quite elite at it, which is okay with me, because that's not my biggest interest, those micro-optimizations. So what would you say your biggest interest is? I really like to forge new ground and come up with new strategies, which is really what drew me to ABC testing in the first place. Um, like, after I got some experience in the competitions... I always knew that I wanted to try expanding out into something else, something outside of the competition. So one of the options is to start working on 120. And lots of folks have gone that route. And I have a lot of respect to people who like, will spend a lot of time to grind out a frame or two in 120. Like, that's an oh, yeah. important thing to do. And it brings the test along a lot. But it, to me, it doesn't quite feel as exciting as when you come up with something completely new that nobody has done before. And you work it out and you realize, oh, this is actually quite a bit faster. Like that's a really exciting feeling. So that's why I ended up going into ABC testing. 
because there's never really been a huge effort in optimizing ABC speed tests. Yeah, it's mostly just been, oh man, one A-press saved here, and then move on to the next one. Yeah, exactly. Which makes sense, because you know, there's always been a lot more to discover, but now it's starting to slow down the A-press saves. It's been mm -hmm. quite a while since we've got one. So it sort of seemed like a good time to start on an ABC speed test. Yeah. So, okay, well, that already answers that question. So um, you've been working on the ABC... Uh, the the optimized SM64 A button challenge tasks uh, for a while at this point. Uh, first of all, which star is that on now? Is that going in order, or is that just like you're doing whatever star you want? Yeah, it's mostly going in order. Um, right now, the task has, I think, 39 stars finished or something like that. Oh, wow. And next up is finish cap under the moat. But there are still some changes being worked on. I think Zhang is doing a more optimized version of the bat star in Hazy Maze Cave. I forget what it's called. It, navigating the Toxic Maze, that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Zhong, Zhong is working on a more optimized version of that star. And everything from there up until like Big Boo's Haunt is hexable. So I've sort of been moving ahead and working on stuff while he optimizes that. And I'm looking at Vanish Cup under the moat now, which is actually nice. a star that already has a really good task. Um, Panon did quite a good job of speed testing that one. It's cycle limited, and I think he got the fastest possible cycle. So now I'm just looking into optimizing the part after the cycle. Oh, yeah. Same thing as in uh, uh, one key, I believe, where you just got to wait on the elevators. Yeah, exactly. And you have to wait even more in the ABC task because if you're doing like a regular speed task where you're allowed to press A, then those elevators, they are a cycle, but you can still get to all the reds without having the elevators in perfect places. Like if mm -hmm. we could save another 10 or 15 frames beforehand, then that probably would save time despite the cycle. Yeah. But in ABC, there's some elevators the that... On the yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. In ABC, you can't really save part of a cycle and end up saving time because there are only certain times where you can get on the first elevator, so you just can't get enough height to get onto an elevator when it's like partway through. And you can't wall kick off of stuff to get to red, so just got to wait until next time it rolls around. <laughs> mm-hmm. And that makes, that makes it a little bit easier to task, too, because you don't have to worry as much about those micro-optimizations. Like, obviously, you want to save the time, but if you lose a frame somewhere and you still have to wait, like, 20 frames for the cycle, it doesn't really matter. Yeah. Though I am trying to be careful about that, because that's come back to bite me before. Um, in Womp's Fortress, mm -hmm. there is, like, a pair of elevators that helps you get up to the very top, where you can fight King Womp and do stuff like that. Oh, yeah, like all that. the way around the backside. Yeah, and... The first time I did that star, um, I was working on the framework that lets you get up to those elevators. There's like this weird steep floor triangle that you framework mm -hmm. up to get to those elevators in the ABC setting. Yeah. And at the time, I didn't really have a great understanding of how to optimize the frameworking. And I saw that I was quite a ways from getting to the next cycle, and I just didn't think it was possible. So I went ahead and did the Womp fight like on the current cycle that I was able to find. Yeah. But then it was one of the later stars. I think it was 100 plus tower where I just barely missed the cycle um, at a different part of the test. Like the test had gone on for much longer. Other things had happened and I just barely missed the cycle instead mm -hmm. of the first star where I was missing the cycle by quite a bit. So I started optimizing things to try to make that cycle instead of missing it. And I realized I could do the framework a lot faster that made me go back to the first oh, no. star in Womp's Fortress, and I realized that one I could actually do a cycle earlier as well. 
I just hadn't optimized it enough. So <laughs> I need to be more careful like to make sure to try to optimize everything before the cycle, just to make sure that it's not going to get improved later. Yeah, especially like the farther on you go, like you were still in Womp's Fortress at the time. Let's say you were in like way further and you're like, oh, I missed a really obvious cycle save. Uh, now I have to redo yeah. so much work. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Either that or just surrender and decide to leave it behind. Um, but fortunately, we were able to uh, get that faster cycle hexed in. Like Lumba redid the King Womp fight and actually improved it as well. So oh, nice. Worked out. <laughs> yeah. Nice. So... About this A button challenge, um, you've mentioned you find it interesting having to like coming up, come up with like new strats or whatever. Uh, sorry, not or whatever. Coming up with new strats, not being <laughs> yeah, able to good. jump. I'm not. I'm not. Not being dismissive. I'm swear. <laughs> no, no, I, I get that. No, you are good. I, I totally get it. <laughs> um, so, what is the most challenging part of not being able to jump? Like, there's so much you take for granted. Is Mario's literally jump man? Like, what, what yeah. do you think is the most interesting and challenging part of that? I guess something that's really interesting about it is that there are platforms that don't look at all intimidating to, like, RTA players or players who are used to playing Mario 64 normally. They're like, oh, I just jump from this platform to this platform or I long jump from there to there. And in the A button challenge, that's not always an option. You almost always have to find a creative solution to, like, anything that you do. And one area where that's manifested pretty interestingly to me, is collection of stars once they're spawned. So like oh, a lot yeah. of the time, if you're doing RTA, and you say you beat the, um, the penguin star, little penguin lost in CCM, and then the penguin like talks with you for a little bit, and the star spawns, and you go, and you jump, and you get the star, and that's that. But you can't do that in ABC, because the star is just too high. So what you have to do is you have to like go run into some wind that pushes you all the way up to a higher platform, and then you dive off of that higher platform to get the star. So that star collection that you take for granted in just like a regular TAS or regular RTA oh, yeah. is Most not of the so time. easy in ABC. <laughs> Most of the time you're just jumping and then ground pounding and that's it. Versus it's just the little things that you don't even realize, oh, all these things you take for granted. Yeah, exactly. And that happens to a lot of specific star collections, actually. So again, Lethal Lava Land, when you defeat bully the bullies, there's a star that spawns that's too high. So you actually slide kick off of the platform, you hit the lava, and then you go back to the platform and get the star during the lava boost. <laughs> huh. Oh yeah, because yeah, the stars in Mario 64 spawn at different heights. Shoutouts to the one Pan and Coic video. <laughs> um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, it might be interesting to go back to that video that Pan and has, and like for each star, mark the method that's used to collect it. So like the first half of the video, it'll all just be diver, like, diver covers. And then the second half of the video, it'll be like bounce off this spin drift or take the wind up to a higher platform or lava boost or something else. Yeah. <laughs> and at the very end, it's like, well, jump. <laughs> yeah, at the very end, it's like, we don't get this star. We don't <laughs> <give> it <laughs> it's very convenient though that 100 coin stars are low enough to diver cover too. So we don't have to worry too much about where we get the 100 coin stars. Oh yeah, because that's like a solid at least what like at least like thirteen just a hundred coin stars in an A button challenge seventy star run that you can get. Yeah, so it's good that we don't have to worry too much about that. Definitely. That's actually, I guess, the reason that we can collect um, one hundred and Wops Fortress Tower reasonably quickly because that hundred coin star 
is necessary to do a Stardance clip that lets us All get right. to the tower. <laughs> right, that makes sense. So this 100 coin stars can come in pretty clutch. Yeah, and that's like, in a normal task, like what? They use... I think Stardance clip actually is used, uh, not in the TAS, um, but it's actually used RTA in wet dry world 100 coins plus reds oh, but really? other than that, that yeah they get the last red coin in wet dry world and they um the last red coin like right before the little chapel thing and they just grab onto the ledge and are able to go right directly to the red coin star um but oh, interesting in the tassing it's only used like once it's the only like use i can think of it like ever but in the A button challenge, you, there's a lot more usage to stuff like that. Little quirks of the game that might not otherwise get a lot of um, viewpoints. So, how do you find those? How do you find those quirks of a game that are like, oh man, here's this little thing that that it, uh, that interacts weirdly with this other thing. How do you find those and use them in a challenge type of run? Yeah, it's a good question. I guess there's been a lot of work already by, of course, Pan and Koic and Tyler and mm -hmm. DS and Ever and a bunch of those folks. And they had already looked into some of the strats and like discovered a bunch of tech that has ended up being useful. So I definitely can't claim credit for like most of the ideas. Yeah. But there are a few stars, actually, I guess a decent number of stars, where, um, where I've run into something new, some like placement of enemy that ends up being really useful or something like that. And... I wish I could give a good explanation of the process for finding something new, but it's really just like try a lot of different things and see Trial what and seems kind of close. Yeah, and eventually, eventually, if you keep trying, you might eventually find something that just barely works. <laughs> Makes sense. But there's no real great way to describe how to do it. Um, a lot of the time, looking at the code is pretty helpful. The code of Mario 64 itself. Oh yeah, decomp especially. Yeah, that can give you an idea of whether what you're trying to do is even remotely feasible. Like if I add up all of the Y positions that I can get from this bounce off of this enemy, is that even going to get me high enough? Like that kind of stuff that relies on knowing the details of the code itself can mm -hmm. be really helpful. Oh yeah, like the one thing I think of is like, what is it? The ABC um, to enter, the ABC strat to enter um, Secret Aquarium. If decomp did not exist, I do not think... That strat oh, would yeah. <laughs> ever. That strat is insane. Yeah, I definitely believe that. That's for sure. <laughs> so, okay, let's move on to the next question. So that project, the ABC project, has led to some faster times in non-challenge runs as well. Um, the one that I can think of most notably off the top of my head is the uh, Cool Cool Mountain Red Coins with the one C-Up strat that you used on the slope after the long fall. So how do you find those strats that even not challenge runners can miss? Yeah, that was a pretty fun star to do and to find out that it ended up being faster for 120 as well. Um, I guess an interesting thing that's not SM64 specifically, but mm -hmm. in my profession, I'm a data scientist, is that if you give an AI system less information than another AI system. It's sometimes the case that the AI system, I promise this is related, <laughs> oh, sometimes okay. the case that the uh, AI system with less information does better. And that's because in a situation where it has more limited information, it sometimes has to make like a better 
better theory of what's going on. It's kind of hard to yeah. explain, but versus falling to... into like a local maximum or something. Yeah, yeah, it has to come up with a more holistic understanding instead of just like over relying on one really useful piece of information. And I think a similar idea applies to challenge runs, where people who work on a task that's not in a challenge run setting, they have like a set of tools that they're most used to using and that they're most mm -hmm. used to being fast. And they'll primarily think about those tools. And if I'm working on a challenge run, I have a pretty different set of tools that I'm relying on. And that different set of tools um, usually isn't faster because it is a challenge run. So yeah. things are going to be harder, usually won't be faster. But it's occasionally possible that one of those will be faster and it'll be obscure enough that people won't consider it in a regular run. Like it just doesn't, doesn't occur. Yeah. Um, so I think in the CCM case, it's like an extremely small slope that it turns out you can see upslide on. And I was investigating that really tiny little slope because there's a really troublesome red in CCM reds. Um, a lot of RTA players have come up with different ways to do it. And I wanted to figure out the fastest way to do it with TAS. And I wanted a lot of speed, but I didn't want to be in the butt slide animation because when you're in the ABC setting, you can't jump to get out of the butt slide. Yeah, exactly. You just kind of have to wait it out. So I needed a good way to get into like a hyperspeed punch or something like that. And the C up slide was really good for setting that up. So it ended up working out really well for ABC. And then Dargoss watched it and he said, wait, isn't this faster for 120 as well? <laughs> and it turned out to be. <laughs> so I, it didn't even occur to nice. me when I did it that it might be faster for 120. But hopefully some of those things will come up again. I don't know how often it'll be, but I think the other 120 world record that's been influenced by ABC is, um, what's that one called? Tower of the Wing Cap. So that's ah. one that I built a brute forcer for. Oh yeah, and yeah. I know yeah, I, I said this. before that I don't really love the micro optimization, but one sort of goal that I've had in this project is to try to beat every star for this ABC project. Like I want to try yeah. to improve every single one, mm -hmm. give it a decent shot. And that Tower of the Wing Cap case is tough because that's a 120 world record. That's not just an ABC world record. That's a 120 yeah. world record. Like in the 120 star run, that just doesn't even press A at all, just because you already start off flying in the air. So, yeah, you're right. Yeah, exactly. So you never have to press A for the regular run. So the 120 record and the ABC record are exactly the same time. Um, and I knew that I wasn't going to be able to outfly plush. That's just not something that <laughs> that I'm going to be able to do. I haven't practiced yeah. flying that much, and he's excellent at flying. Um, yeah. So I figured instead I'd have a computer try to do it, and fortunately with some decomp reading and a little bit of programming is able to get that to work out. And since then, Krithalith has taken these brute force ideas, his own oh, yeah, brute force ideas. Like, he did it independently from what I did completely. And what he's done is incredible. But I was glad that it worked out in this case of Tower of the Wing Cap. Yeah, because like the brute forcing aspect of games, it's like we've gotten to the point where computers can just try so many things and so many like micro optimizations even if they're not like people are way more like pointed where they're actually they can actually notice the things directly computers can just try out so much things so fast it's like especially with decomp and stuff yeah for sure yeah decomp has enabled a lot more brute forcing and i know that krithalith has been working with like a, a core of the game that lets you um lets yeah. you run at much higher fps than you can in an emulator Mm -hmm. 
And I ended up using that to improve the Koopa the Quick tasks in Valgon Battlefield as well. So Krithalith helped me out with getting all that set up and figuring out how to run it. And I think it saved 30 or so frames. Nice, that's like over a full second. So, yeah, so that was really helpful. <laughs> Thanks. So how much would you say that those tools, because obviously those tools are very helpful, but like, like brute forcing obviously isn't the best for every star, obviously. Some stars are just better attuned to it, like swimming stars or flying stars. Um, so what do you think about those tools just in general? How can tools like those help people make more optimized tasks? Yeah, that's a really good question. So there are a few kinds of tools that we use. Some of them, as of course you know, but just for anyone who doesn't know, um, like there are some tools that we use while we're tasking to inform our tasks. So like memory watch tools that let us figure out what's Mario's speed so that we can try to optimize it by hand. Mm -hmm. But the tools that we've been talking about just now for automated brute forcing are kind of separate from those. So they're not oh, yeah. as much aids to our own testing as they are for um, for finding little improvements that are too difficult for humans to do themselves. And so far, the, I guess, science of doing this is pretty pretty young. There's a lot to still figure out. Most of what's been done so far is just like trying random perturbations of the joysticks and stuff like that. So instead yeah. of having the X position of the joystick be 55, try 56 or 57. Mm -hmm. And if you jitter the joystick a little bit, then hopefully it'll make it a little bit faster. And that's really all that we've tried so far. But I do think there's some hope for a somewhat more general optimization tool in Mario 64. Like maybe it'll be possible to come up with something huh. that can like take in an input test and clean it up a little bit and spit out that task. It would take a lot of work and it would probably be beyond what I'm capable of, but I think it's quite possible that the sorts of things that have been applied to the swimming and the flying where you don't really have to worry as much about um, the specific geometry of what you're interacting with, yeah, those things are more susceptible to like a pretty naive approach of just fiddle with a joystick. But I think it's possible that there could be approaches that could take into account like different timings for button presses and stuff like that too. Yeah. I think maybe I've not been super clear in explaining this. So swimming and flying. Yeah, let's are, get into it. Yeah, swimming and flying are pretty different from what normal. we might think of as normal stars where you're just like jumping from platform to platform and diving from platform to platform. Because when you're swimming and flying, you sometimes have to worry about the geometry of the course, like the triangles that are around, but not really all that much. So if you make a little little tiny jiggle of the joystick, it's probably not going to throw things off altogether. It's probably going to let you go roughly along yeah. the same path, but your position will be a little bit different. However, in a lot of the situations where you're just like running and jumping and diving and long jumping and stuff like that, mm -hmm. you're worrying about specific triangles that are in the level. So let's say that I am long jumping from one platform to another. Or well, maybe there's a better example. Let's say that I'm doing a dive grind to build up speed at the beginning of a level. Exactly. It's this is the A button really challenge, important. obviously. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's really important that you make sure to get like perfect quarter frames and stuff like that, which requires really, really precise positioning of Mario. Oh, yeah. So if you fiddle with the joystick before Mario begins a dive grind. His position is going to be thrown off by 
maybe like a tenth of a millimeter or something like that, a hundredth of a unit. Mm -hmm. And if you're just flying or swimming, it's not a big deal. If you're in a slightly different position, then that's okay. You'll still like follow the same rough overall path. But if you're about to do a dive grind and you desync your position by a little bit, then at first it'll be okay. But then Mario will like have dive a two out of four quarter dive. frame. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. His quarter frame will be two out of four instead of four out of four. And then he'll be in a bad position later on and he'll like bonk into a wall instead of making it onto a platform. And it just gets worse and worse from there. <laughs> so complete yeah. desync. So that's kind of the issue with making a more general task improvement brute forcer. I don't think hmm. it's easy to do, but I do think it could be possible. Like if Google worked on it, I bet they could do it. <laughs> hey, Google. Uh, just saying. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, Google. Okay, Google. Uh, Google Optimize tasks. <laughs> yeah, maybe someday that'll be the reality. But I think for now, we'll have to work with these like little small perturbative things. My phone just went off because I said, okay, Google. <laughs> <laughs> I'm yeah. sabotaging you, kicky cast. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, because I remember watching your... Um, your optimized, well, the brute force run. And I was like, wow, this looks really weird. Just like, yeah, <laughs> it's like, I'm used to seeing like, you know, straight flying, well, not straight flying, but like, just like, you know, clean flying in that you just go exactly to where you need to go, et cetera. But Mario was just kind of like jittering around a little bit, but it ended <laughs> up saving time. So, yeah, I'm kind of convinced actually that that star is still improvable because of what you mentioned, that jitteriness. I, I doubt that's actually optimal. I think it's just that, you know, Plush gave it this really good thing to start off with, and it was able to push it in a direction that ended up getting faster, mm -hmm. but it got a lot less clean. So I think if we could get it cleaned up and in that direction that made it faster, I feel like it would save another frame. I don't know for sure, though. <laughs> Makes sense. Yeah, that jitteriness is really weird to watch. It really doesn't look like it should be faster. <laughs> but it is, and that's all that matters. Yeah. Yeah, that's all that we care about. And honestly, I do kind of like it. There's something charming about it. Um, I, I like surprises in a TAS. That's yeah. really what I love about about some of the stars that have shown up in the run. Like when there's something that the viewer just doesn't expect, mm -hmm. I really want them to have like an aha moment where they're like, oh, that's why this happened earlier on. That's why we're going oh, down this right. weird direction. So yeah. along that line, what do you think is the coolest star so far that you've worked on in the A button challenge project? So this one, I, th I think my answer is probably a little bit unpopular. I don't think hmm. most people will feel the same way, but my favorite star so far in terms of coolness factor and like how much it makes me smile every time I think about it yeah. is probably wall kicks will work. Really? Not one of the most famous ones, but wall kicks will work. Um, oh, it used yeah, to have a different strat. strategy than it does now. So, it used to have a strat where you like go up above the chimney and above the cabin to the very highest platform. Mm -hmm. And then you frame walk up the spire. So for those who don't know, there's like this really tall sort of spire thing at the top, at the of, very top of the mountain. mountain. Yeah. yeah, and you do frame walk to get up it. And you get ready to like turn around and slide down. And you slide down, you build up some speed, and you bounce off of a spin drift. That's like the little enemies with the crowns that walk in circles. Yeah. You bounce off a spin drift near the top of the level next to where the snowman's head is. And a little quirk of twirling is that if you hold the joystick neutral, you don't lose any speed. So normally holding the joystick forward will cause you to lose speed until you're at 32 or lower. Mm -hmm. But if you keep the joystick neutral, 
you don't lose any speed. So you hit this spin drift with like 90 speed or something like that, which is yeah. really fast. It's about the fastest you can get by sliding. And then Mario bounces off of out of bounds a couple times, bounces off of various walls, and eventually runs into the star. So that was the old problem strategy. With that is, the problem with that strategy is when you, because you have to hold it neutral, you kind of just have to go and set up everything before you even land on the spin drift. Yeah, that's right. That's, that's an issue with that strategy. And another issue, as far as speed is concerned, is that we're bouncing off of a spin drift that's all the way at the top of the level, and the star mm -hmm. is at the very bottom of the level. Yeah. And twirling downward is really slow. It takes a long time to twirl downward. So that takes a lot of time. And I really wanted to obsolete that strat. Mm -hmm. And I kept trying so many different things, and I couldn't figure out a faster way to do it. And then I thought about a free run that I saw. Oh, baby quite a long time ago by Nonsense and I, th I think Yoshi Egg. And they found this weird sea upslide spot in Cool Cool Mountain where you can get up like 300 speed or something ridiculous like that. Oh yeah. And they build up a whole bunch of speed going along this slope and they press Z to go into butt slide. And then they like, I don't know, run into some random stuff all around the course. You know, the kinds of things that you do when you have a bunch of speed. Yeah. And they continue on the free run. And I was looking at the other spin drifts in the level and trying to figure out how I could use them. And one of those spin drifts was lined up pretty well with where that C-up slide takes you. It wasn't perfect, but it was lined up pretty well. So I started messing around with that C-up slide that Nonsense and Yoshieg did, and I couldn't quite get to the spin drift um, that I was looking at. And I was kind of disappointed. I was like, oh, this would save so much time and it would look so cool. And then Ever pointed out an idea that wouldn't build up quite as much speed but would let Mario have a better angle. So what I was doing was giving me a poor angle. Um, like I was going along two different triangles to get yeah. as much time building up speed as possible. Mm -hmm. And the angle that I had to take to do that was not ideal. But he pointed out that it might be better to just use one of the triangles and not get up quite as much speed, but get a much better angle. And it turns yeah. out it was possible to make it to the spin drift there. So that lets Mario... Like build up a bunch of speed, bounce off of this spin drift that's really, really low instead of the spin drift all the way at the top of the level, then bounce off of out of bounds and end up going into the star with like 200 speed or something like that. Speed so it ended up working out and I posted it. And then Dargoss came in and saved 11 frames like in the next eight hours or something like that. <laughs> he posted a test that was 11 frames faster. He found a way to initiate the C-up slide sooner. Um, there was like sense. a a trick that he had that involved, like, instead of running up to enough speed to start the slide, he, like, did this weird thing where he ran off of the slope and entered butt slide, and then used the fact that the edge is not cardinal. I'm sorry for anyone who doesn't love the technical side of stuff. <laughs> he used a non-cardinal edge to, like, end up back on top of the slope to where he could do the C-up slide. At least I think that's how it worked. I might be a little fuzzy on the details. Oh, wow. But he found a way to initiate it much faster. And the way that this star ends up looking to me is just so cool. Like Mario starts off and he dives way down to a random part of the level that RT runners would have no reason to go down there, especially to do wall kicks will work. Oh, yeah. And then he builds up a ridiculous amount of speed along that C-up slide spot, bounces off the spin drift, bounces off out of bounds into the star, and it's over just like that, blink of an eye. And it's almost like almost half, as, half of the time that it was before. It saves quite a lot of time. Oh, yeah. Just, just because of the spin drift location. Yeah, exactly. So maybe not like a super popular one because that's like a short star, but I think that's for me the coolest star. Um, there are some honorable mentions, I guess. Like I really like, like um, Bowser in the Dark World. 
that was a really, really cool store in my opinion with lots of like little Goomba manipulation techniques and lots oh, yeah. of interesting seesaw manipulation. And MK Dasher did a lot of really cool stuff on the first half of that store. Like a super optimized version of the infamous 207DR that you have to oh, do. Oh yeah, that one. Even I know how bad that one is. Yeah, I'm glad that I didn't have to do that. <laughs> MK Dasher saved me on that. So he, he did a really remarkable job at the beginning. And I got to finish out the end, and that ended up with a really cool collab for the two of us. Um, I really like SSL Reds. That's one where there's just a lot of cool tech used in SSL Reds. There's yeah. some cloning at the end of the at the end of the star. Like you mm -hmm. get the eighth red while you're carrying. A yeah, all the, the way bomb. on like the other edge of the level. <laughs> yeah, that's a strat that Panin came up with. You spawn the star, and then you clone it, and it's right in your hands. <laughs> and yeah. earlier on in the level, there's some other cool stuff as well, like. Um, a really, really optimized fly guy bounce that Ystem came up with. It's super fast fly guy manip. Mm -hmm. There's a part where you bounce a crazy box into a tornado. This is something that Tyler came up with, the idea of um, you take a crazy box into a tornado, and mm -hmm. tornadoes preserve your vertical speed while they're pulling you upwards. That's a weird form of vertical speed conservation. So huh. a tornado gets you way up high, and you still have 92 speed when you get to the top of the tornado, 92 vertical speed which is quite a lot. And that yeah. lets Mario get a huge amount of height to land like on top of the pyramid and then do a backward belly slide into a fly guy. It's a really weird looking sequence. Um, <laughs> Self-plug, I, I would recommend watching that star, but that's <laughs> self-plug, too much self-plug. Nice. I'll stop Not, self I mean, this is literally, <laughs> we're interviewing you on the podcast. Of, of all the times to self-plug things, like, you know? That's true. I'll, I'll be a little indulgent then. That's, that's a cool star, SSL Red, so you can watch that one. <laughs> nice. I'll get to stick to link that one. Um, yes, I guess those will be my, my honor. Oh, and I guess I have to do one more, one more. Wamp's Fortress 100 plus tower. Ever oh, yeah. came up with a way to do that one, and that's just a ridiculous strat that requires using the hope to throw a cork box to um, like a really high spot of the level, and then mm -hmm. have really, really specific coin RNG to get a coin to be right next to the build block. And while that's happening, Mario races up to the top of the level as fast as he can grabs the coin right before it despawns and spawns a 100-coin star that lets Mario get to the bullet build block and then onto the tower to collect the star. Yeah. I mean, I remember that that is just, like, really cool. I remember the whole history of that star um, just going all the way up and how... <laughs> I remember when the fastest route for that star was to use the super-saturated... Uh... No, is that that star? Oh, was, I think I might be thinking... I think no. it was two hundred coin stars. Yeah, two hundred coin stars, which <laughs> yeah. you can only do by getting like sixty-five thousand coins. Yeah, something like that. <laughs> yeah, your strat is a little bit faster, maybe. It's Evers' strat. I, I not not to like be quibbly. I just want to make yeah. sure that he gets yeah, the shout right. out for that's that. Right. <laughs> yeah, chance to. I did implement it. So. <laughs> Yeah, the implementation was really tough because the RNG for that coin is super specific. It's like oh, yeah. one in 10,000 or something like that. Mm. Dang. So on the topic of working together with people on these tasks, uh, would you say you do a majority of your tasks like solo or with like input from the community or like collabs or what? Yeah, so the TAS, um has been... Like, I think I've been the main driving force behind the test, but I've had oh, a yeah, lot definitely. of help and support from other people. So there are a total of nine people other than me with input in the tests. And I think I have inputs in every star. 
Um, well, nice. you, you could debate about whether I even puts in Tower of the Wing Cap because that was the program <laughs> rather than me myself. But <laughs> how do we define for, has? You know? Yeah. Let's for not every other star, I think I have most of the inputs. Um, but there's been a lot of support from the community, not only in terms of like actually doing inputs, but also in terms of testing things. So oh, yeah. there are some folks who've had like really, really long slices of inputs. Strong had a lot in Toxic Maze. MK Dasher had a lot uh, in Dark World. DS273 had a whole bunch in Shifting Sandland, like Stand Atop the Four Pillars, whatever that one is called, where you fight IROC. So there are mm -hmm. lots of folks with plenty of inputs. And they often take on really, really difficult parts of the inputs, which I really appreciate. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like Wystem with the Flag Eye Manip and Zhong with the Bat Manip. Like you really have to do a super deep dive into the code to figure out how these enemies tick and what the optimal way to work with them is. And that's a challenging thing to do. It takes a lot of time and effort. And people mm -hmm. have done those tough parts, which I really appreciate. And as we mentioned before, MK Dasher doing that super, super precise 207 diver cover in Dark mm -hmm. World. Like that's super clutch that somebody else was willing to like take that huge task on. That you didn't so, have to, in other words. Yeah. <laughs> so I've had a ton of support from the community and lots and lots of testing of ideas and coming up with strats. Um, yeah. And in the end, I think I've been like the person who, uh, who sort of takes responsibility for making the task move along, even when it's like a less exciting part or a less, yeah. less fun part, less novel part. And I think that's a really crucial part in bringing a project to completion, but I'm far from doing it alone. Yeah, it's a team effort. You're just the team leader right now, you would say, right? Yeah, yeah, I guess so. And I, I kind of hope that something similar happens for 120. Like there was a lot of progress going on mm -hmm. a few years back when Plush was taking on that role for 120. He brought it really, really far and did an intense amount of work on it. Oh yeah. And I hope that somebody ends up stepping into that role for 120. I, I don't think it would ever be me, even after the ABC task is over, because that sort of mega optimization just isn't my, isn't my strength. But yeah. I think there's a chance that somebody will take on that role eventually. I hope so. Or the yeah. plush gets not burned out again. That's true. It's tougher for 120 because doing it at that level of optimization takes an incredible amount of time. Like I, I do what I can oh, for yeah. the ABC tests, and I'm happy with the level of optimization. For me, I'm... I'm pleased with how it's going, and like I don't intend to try to go back and iron out every single frame of every star. I just yeah. want it to be close. But 120, like that's just at a different standard altogether, mm -hmm. and it takes so much brute forcing, not in the computer sense, but in terms of like the trying the lots and lots sense. of different yeah. angles by hand. Yeah, just try to get the perfect angle to save that one unit that'll get you to the next frame. That's something that. I don't envy <laughs> I don't envy <laughs> anybody who puts the impetus on themselves to do it. Yeah, that's because you fair. do get to stars that are just less fun than others. Like I, I've really enjoyed doing this test overall, but there are times when I'm like, well, I would like to be working on the next star instead of this star. But yeah. I have to do this star because the next star is RNG dependent and I, I just gotta do this star now. <laughs> yeah. That's like it's always fun, but some of it's more tedious than others. <laughs> Especially on ones, because for the Gabe Button Challenge, you get to do a lot of, like, new routes and stuff. You get to have a lot of the, honestly, funner parts of, like, oh, man, what do I do here? What do I do here? Versus yeah. 120, which is kind of in a lot of stars, although not all of them. There are still improvements, such as the improvement uh, that was published earlier today. Um, uh, what was it? Yeah. In, T yeah, in Talta Mountain, Reds and 100. 
Um, but a lot of the stars are just like, man, I gotta really look into the units down to this one. Yeah, um, yeah, those hundred coin stars do still have some meat on the bone, so to speak. Oh yeah, um, just because people don't really do them as single stars as much due to the mm -hmm. RNG factor, I think. Yeah. But I'm glad that that CSC and his collaborators tried out that new rod. I watched that earlier today. That was an amazing task. Um, shout out to them. <laughs> that's that, so cool. That's a crazy task. I really love the yeah. glitchy wall kick to get out of the. Uh... Yeah, to, whatever that star is called at the end of the slide the star. yeah right next to there yeah <laughs> yeah that's an incredible test on their part everyone go watch right now after yes, li listening to the end of this obviously oh yeah <laughs> so on the topic of time spent on tasses uh which star would you estimate you spent the longest amount of time on the most amount of work that's a tricky question um i think it's hard for me to say for sure, but if I had to guess, mm -hmm. I would say probably Womp's Fortress 100 plus tower. Um, that might have been might have been upward of 50 hours. I'm not sure about Oof. that, but it might have been. Because there's the sort of Marquee moment. I don't know if I'm saying that word right. M-A-R-Q-U-E-E -E moment of, uh, <laughs> of the task where you like have that really specific RNG index and mm -hmm. you make the race up to the top. And I think everybody who's watched the star... Like probably realizes how tough that particular part of the RNG manipulation is. Yeah. But I think what might not be as well known is just how brutal of a course Swamp's Fortress is for RNG in general. Because yeah. when you go from the bottom to the top in an ABC setting, which you do multiple times in Swamp's Fortress 100 plus tower, yeah. you have to deal with the um, the bumps, I think it's called, the things that try to push you off the side. Yeah. And then you have to deal with the sliding platforms that are right after the bumps. And you also have to deal with the, uh, the the thwomps that are right after the sliding platforms. I want to make sure that I keep straight what are thwomps and what are womps, because I always get <laughs> Yeah, common <laughs> mistake. It's to me all the time. So all of those have some RNG dependence, I, I think. Um, like I think some of them are set at the beginning of the course based on an RNG call, but they all have RNG dependence. So mm -hmm. you can't just like enter the course on a different RNG index and test things out and see if it works out. Like everything is going to change if you enter on a different RNG index. Everything changes if you do something different early on. So I kind of retest that climb over and over again with like Oof. slightly different changes to the RNG indices before to try to get that coin to have the exact right index. Um, and there are also two blue coins earlier on in the test that I also From have to the manipulate into precise places. Yeah, exactly. Those piranha plant coins. Like one of them, I needed it to fall off of the ledge, which blue coins do not like to do, actually. They have to... Yeah, they really don't. I, yeah, I think they still have to be bouncing. I don't remember exactly. Yeah, there, I don't think they can slide off. I think they with. have to either be bouncing or get some weird wall collision thing. Yeah, so one of those blue coins, I had to try really hard to manipulate it to fall off so that it would land like in the middle of that circle of yellow coins or roughly along the way to it. Because um, hmm. it was necessary to get that blue coin to be near the circle of yellow coins on the bottom, so Mario wouldn't have to go out of his way. Huh. So and, basically all that is just, let alone like the actual tasking required, the RNG for Womp's Fortress was just a, so much of a nightmare, you ended up working on it over and over. Yeah, exactly. And going back and changing the dusts. Um, for, for those who are not familiar, which is probably most people, it's kind of a technical yeah. piece of tasking the RNG manipulation that we most often end up doing in A-button challenge tests is using a technique called slow walking. So 
when Mario <laughs> is at rest and needs to start working up speed. Like sometimes you'll do a slide kick and do dive grinds and stuff like that, but most often Error. what you'll do is just run up and get into diving speed. So running, 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 start with eight speed, nine speed, 10 mm -hmm. speed. And when you're running, you normally make dust if you like hold your joystick as far as you can when you're at rest. So you make dust and dust yeah. affects the RNG. But there's a little technique you can do where you hold the joystick at less than full magnitude, like within a specific range, and you still mm -hmm. get to the same speed, but you don't make dust. So huh. it doesn't necessarily impact Mario's movement, but it impacts the dust. Now you have to make sure you can get the same angle, which isn't always possible for every joystick angle that you can choose. But often it's yeah. possible to either have a dust frame or not have a dust frame and still get the same speed and the same angle. So that's the best tool for RNG manipulation. Huh. But testing is a little tricky on, on Mupen for doing these changes. You can't just um, make a change and then load a safe state and keep going. You actually have to stop the test and reload the test to make sure that oh. you've done what you want. So there are some like little tricks to try to get some idea ahead of time of what will happen without having hmm. to restart the tests and like load safe states, go through a lot of menus and stuff like that. But it takes some yeah. time. There's probably a more efficient workflow than the one that I have, but I've at probably. least gotten better at that than I used to. <laughs> huh. So do you think stuff like that would be like more brute forceable in terms of getting different RNG values with like equivalent locations and stuff? Yeah, that's a great point, actually. That's something that I've been thinking of trying to do if I end up with any other really, really difficult RNG situations, because it should be possible to have the um, like Mario 64 core, the one that runs at higher FPS, it should be possible mm -hmm. to take that and have it like check all of the possibilities on a frame for the joystick to see whether there's anything that's equivalent but gets a different RNG index. Like I, I think that should be possible. So hmm. maybe there's some way to have it automatically get the set of frames on which it can affect the RNG index for free and then try every possible combination. Yeah, you're, you're making a great point. When you, when you bring that up, because I do think that should be possible to implement, at least in theory. It would take some effort, but yeah. I don't think it would be extreme effort. I don't think it would be like a huge collaboration that people have to do for months. I think it would be like one or two people working hard on it for a week or so could probably figure it out. Just make sure to thank me in the comments when you actually do that. Yeah, um, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so let's see. So... On the topic of challenge runs in general, do you think other games could maybe benefit from challenge run tasks in the same way that Mario 64 has, let alone in just like smaller optimizations, but in terms of like parallel universes, etc., and stuff like that? Yeah, I would say, I'm not an expert on other games, but I would say that not only is it possible, but it might even be Probable? more true for other games than it is for Mario 64, because <laughs> I could be wrong about this, I'm not very in tune with the scenes for other games. But I think Mario 64 has had possibly more attention to its tasks than pretty much any other game. Like maybe one or two other maybe games like in the SMB Mario series. Or maybe other than that, yeah. Yeah. So I think that Mario 64 is exceptionally well explored. People have fleshed out the strategies a lot. And I'm sure there are still new movements and new strats to discover in 120. Mm -hmm. But they're kind of few and far between. Whereas yeah. for other games... I would be pretty surprised if most games didn't have a lot of undiscovered stuff out there, at least most complicated games. Like 
especially yeah. 3D games. Um, I'd be surprised if there wasn't a lot to discover. And I think challenge runs can give a great fresh new perspective that could allow people to make new discoveries in those games as well. Um, I really believe that Mario 64 is actually a case where, where it's harder than others to discover new things from challenge runs, and it still turned out to be possible. So I bet it's yeah. even more possible elsewhere. Well put. Thanks. Dang. So in the terms of more general tasks, um, you mentioned you're not really just now, you're not really up to speed on a lot of other tasking things. Have you ever tasked any other games? Not very seriously. There was a time a few years ago when I got kind of interested. This was before Mario 64. I got interested in before you saw Mario the Bros. 1 Walkathon. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I was, I was interested in Walkathon for SMB1 at one point. Hmm. And I spent like a couple weeks trying to do it RTA on my emulator. Ooh. And I also tried to do like some theory test stuff. And it was kind of fun for a while, but it was a little bit tilting as well. Like, I'm, I'm not the kind of person who will, like, smash my keyboard or anything like that, but, but I was you getting get frustrated. frustrated. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I normally don't get frustrated all that easily, so it was kind of a sign that maybe this isn't for me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the one thing I can think about with Walkathon is the jump at the end of 8.4, at the very end of the game, that you have <laughs> to get the wall jump on, and... <laughs> Yeah, so you're familiar with this run. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sure. I'm, I'm pretty familiar. You're, you're familiar with everything. Yeah. yeah. I got brains. So stuff yeah, like that. I've always been impressed by your breadth of knowledge in Mario 64 plus other games, because for me, Mario 64 is plenty enough to keep up with. <laughs> That's fair. Um, yeah. Anyways, no, more about me, no. Um, <laughs> um, so how about just, like, speedrunning in general? Are you just soul-tassing, or... How about that? Yeah, pretty much. I haven't done any speedrunning except for that brief attempt at Walkathon. Mm -hmm. um, I think I wouldn't be all that great at it. I'm not great at most games that I try. Um, like I, I'm fine with that. I don't need to be yeah. a great gamer. I just want to have fun. But I think it's a sign that speedrunning is probably not for me. But testing is like a little nicer. There's this sense in which testing is very forgiving because you can mm -hmm. always fix a mistake. You can just re-record. Yeah, you don't have to stay stuck with something that you've done wrong. You can fix any mistake that you want to if you're willing to put in the time and effort to do it. Yeah. And I'm not going to fix every mistake because some mistakes are way back on star 11 of the ABC tasks and that would require <laughs> me to redo like 20 All minutes of, of very yeah. challenging tasks. But you can go back and fix mistakes, and I really like that. That's something that we don't get to do in a lot of hobbies. Yeah. Versus like a speed run, how many times have you heard speedrunners say, oh, this run sucks, I hate this run, yeah. while they're getting world record? <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then how many times have you heard a speedrunner get like bad RNG or something like that, and, and they're just like, no fault well, of their own. that's it. Nothing you can do about that. Whereas testing, you can even change the RNG if you want to. Yeah. That's yeah, a it's really a nice thing about testing as a hobby, for sure. <laughs> And that it's you can do whatever you want if you put in the time. You're not going to get screwed over unless you literally cannot do it. Yeah. Yeah, I got kind of fortunate recently um, in one of the stars that came up in the ABC tasks. Metalhead Mario Can Move requires you to build up a lot of speed. I mean, you have to get like 400 speed to bounce oh, yeah. off of a scuttlebug to get the star. Oh, yeah, that's, jet, that's, go, that's really cool. 
Yeah, that one was one that I was kind of looking forward to being done with because the speed buildup <laughs> process is such a pain. I mean, you have to like hit a really precise sweet spot each time you reactivate your speed. Yeah. And you have to do it while swimming, and swimming is a clunky and awkward thing to do precise yeah. precise movements for. Um, and this whole time I was like sitting there building up speed, and I was kind of dreading getting to the end because there are eight slopes that you build up speed along, you kind of go in a loop around these eight mm -hmm. slopes that are on the outside of the island that yeah. the Swimming Beast Star is on. And yeah. you have to reactivate the speed from one specific slope. So this whole time I was building up speed and I was like, I'm going to get to the amount of speed that I need. I'm going to be at 440 speed and I'm going to be like three-eighths of the way around, <laughs> around the platform. And I'm going to have to like go back and change things so that I'm not swimming all the way back to the beginning. I'm yeah. going to have to redo a lot. But... I got lucky I didn't have to redo too much because when I got to the end, I was only like one uh, one slope away from being in the right place. So I used nice. a slightly different strat for like the previous two or three, and I didn't have to redo all that much. Nice. Um, and I was able to get to the right platform at the right time. I should say the right slope at the right time. <laughs> not, not super related, but that's been on my mind lately. It's like, thank <laughs> goodness I didn't have to redo that entire thing. That's a mistake that I do not relish fixing. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Especially because of how precise that whole setup is. Yeah. <laughs> so, what would you say, this is a completely unrelated question, what would you say is your favorite task? Like, ever? So, that's a, that's a question that <laughs> is really tricky because it means you have to exclude so many beautiful, brilliant tasks. Yeah. I think, as far as any task at all, like if I was to go with maximum coolness for the amount of time that it has in it or something like that, mm -hmm. I think a task that really made an impact on me was SM64 Experts, Ken and Les' task of Wing Mario over the rainbow. That's oh, that one, really? such a memorable task for me because I'd got this sense that I think we've touched on this topic a bit before, that 120 is just so fleshed out and mm -hmm. all that you can do is try to squeeze out one or two more frames. And then yeah. suddenly, there's this single star that... Not even a 100 coin somebody, star. Yeah, and somebody found a strat and saved, like, what, 15, 20 seconds on it? And he called it a lotad, and then he saved 10 more seconds or something <laughs> like that with just yeah. a completely new strategy that nobody had ever thought of before. So that made me realize that, like, this is such a deep game. There's always going to be something more to find out. It'll get yeah. harder and harder to find, but maybe renewed my faith in there being lots, lots more to discover, even in the regular setting instead of the ABC setting. Huh. So that's maybe a task that affected my own philosophy on Mario 64. I realize that's putting it very strongly, but <laughs> I mean, that yeah, a really that's, cool task. I've never really thought of it in that way, in that, like, yeah, it was a really, I mean, it was a groundbreaking task of, like, now we, let alone just the start, that eliminates all cannons. Now the entire game is cannonless, but... Yeah. I think yeah. another task that I really enjoyed that I'd like to mention is Dargoss's task of um, SM64 Sapphire, his 30-star task. Oh, yeah. Everyone that, go that watch came, that immediately after that, this. Yes. That came out, I think, right before I started testing or sometime right around when I started testing. Yeah. And when I saw it, I was just shocked by like, how many cool strats he came up with pretty much all himself. Uh, mm -hmm. Like He just came out with this thing that had so many incredible strats that he tasked and got all the way to the end of this huge 30-star test. I was so impressed by that, and I still am. Yeah, he and put actually, a lot of work into that one. 
didn't he do something similar with another ROM hack that had a bunch of weird bosses a while ago? I forget which one, but that was, that I can't was really think cool of, as I well. I think I know what you're talking about, but I don't know specifically what it is off the top of my head. Yeah, I get really impressed by really long tasks that people make solo. And yeah. Dargos did that at a really high standard, I think. Homer Funky is another person who's done some really long solo tasks that okay, I find he did really like impressive. All of SM74, like, alone. Yeah. So, I guess what I'm calling my favorite tasks is here, I'm, like, praising their their authors a lot and their relation to the whole community, but I guess I'm mm -hmm. not talking as much about what makes the tasks themselves cool, like the kinds of movements that you see. Yeah. Which... I realize it's kind of a shallow way of looking at it, actually. I should be looking more at the movements. But yeah, those were the first ones that came to my head, though, were those really long solo tests and that yeah. Mario over the Rainbow Cannonless Tess. Hmm. So let's continue going with there. What task do you think has the coolest movement? Ooh, right back at you. Hmm. So what tasks have the coolest movement? I'm so biased toward like thinking about ABC relevant stuff that mm -hmm. I keep wanting to go to things that Eru has done, like coming up with Eru drop or coming up with Eru post and stuff. You could like have just that. said Those Eru, are... and I would have been like, "Yeah, that sounds about right." Yeah. So anything that Eru did, um, Eru San. <laughs> yeah, I, I keep forgetting, but yeah. Um, what else is there? I think there. Uh, let's see. There are probably a lot of stars in one twenty. That would qualify for like some of the coolest movement that I've seen. You know, yeah. I really like Plush's Cool Cool Mountain 100. That's one that I really. Oh yeah, with a lot. the BLJ. Yeah, that's that's got to be one of the really really cool movements. And honestly, sometimes it's just whatever tasks I've watched the most recently because I'm still that's thinking in my fair. head about that about that tall tall mountain 100 plus threads. I'm like, wow, that was really sick. So, <laughs> yeah, that's sometimes it's just thinking about whatever I saw last. <laughs> <laughs> Recency bias. Yeah, I'm bad at picking favorites. That's what I'm realizing now. <laughs> just got to love every task. That's fair. Yeah, you just got to appreciate all of them. So, yeah. on, the, on the topic of favorite tasks, what, is, what would you say is your favorite free run? And uh, this one, I think I actually do have a definitive oh, really? answer for this. Um, there's a free run that I'm sure a lot of people have seen because it's relatively recent and relatively famous, um, CSC's Rainbow Ride free run that he had. Yeah. Um, about six months ago, I feel like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was a super like, high-density task. There's always something new going on, some really wild trick, which CSC is one of the masters of, I would say. Oh, yeah. Um, always having He's something going on. Amazing free run. And always making it look Fantastic. dynamic. Yeah, and that free run, I just felt like there was never a dull moment. That's the case for some other free runs as well. But I think that Rainbow Ride free run CSC did is the epitome of that feeling for me. So hmm. I'm going with that one. Final answer. No Dang. prevarication here. <laughs> nice. I, I, I can't think of it off the top of my head, and I feel like this is... I really should know this one, but I just cannot... You'll recognize it, it when you see it. I'll watch it immediately after this. There's so much videos to watch immediately after this. I gotta have stick link <laughs> all of them. <laughs> um anyway so on the topic of like free runs and rom hack stuff you said you were like really like blown away by all these like all the runs have you ever considered doing any of those yourself versus vanilla of the rom hacks oh yeah yeah um, just rom hacks yeah i've tried a couple of stars um like i did a couple of things in star attack Rebo rebooted 
mm -hmm. um, just to mess around a little bit. And that was kind of because I saw that that project had a decent amount of interest, and I was hoping that if I threw a couple stars in, it would help keep it going. Yeah. And recently, it's fizzled a little bit. I think there's been more focus on AMA. I forget what that stands for. Something adventure. Ask me anything. Adventure. Yes. Ask me anything. Yes, <laughs> that, obviously. That one. Yeah, so, something Mario Adventure it yeah. has had a lot of interest recently. I, I know Y has been pushing the envelope on that, and I think Gloomba and some others as well. I haven't kept too close track of that because I've just been in my little ABC world. But maybe someday I'll try some more ROM hack stuff. But there's an extent to which vanilla is just like very venerable for me. Yeah. That's, that's the, the game that everybody's been like playing for so many years that's inspired all of these ROM hacks and that I have lots of memories of from when I was young. Um, yeah. I think I first played Mario 64 in 2003 or something like that. So oh, wow. <laughs> it's been a long time since I first picked up an N64 controller. Um, now I haven't played since then, really. I've, I, I don't think I've actually touched a Mario 64 controller huh. in at least 10 years, but been doing it on emulator since then as well so huh. yeah these levels just have a lot of memories for a lot of people i think and yeah the nostalgia it'll, factor yeah it'll always be special to do vanilla I, I would like to give some rom hacks a try at some point but i don't think i'll ever want to spearhead a rom hack project makes sense yeah so you mentioned just now i guess that you've been playing sm64 for just such a long time what makes you keep coming back to sm64 yeah, that's a good question. I think one of the biggest things is the variety of movement that ends up being good. Because I've already mentioned that I'm not so big on the micro-optimization, but yeah. finding good movement, that's something that I find really satisfying when I try a new movement, and it's just so much faster than what I did before. And I think you can attest to this better than anybody else over the years because you've commentated them. But all of these task competitions where... You like the you sign? see a run and it has movement and you're like, well, how could there be anything faster than that? And then you see a completely new movement that comes out of left field. And you're like, wow, how did somebody come up with that? And that's even better. And then yet and then I say, one, how can and, anyone say faster than that? And it just repeats. <laughs> yes. And just like you say, I read the sign. That's a super famous one. Mm -hmm. And I also think back on that video that MK Dash made. I think it was a hype video for the 2019 test competition where he... Huh. showed several runs in, I think, bub on Battlefield for some task where each oh, run was I think was it was 2018 Task 3, maybe? One. Maybe? Um, I don't I, think I it was that one. I, I would, yeah, I would remember that because that's my first task. It was a different one. It was um, the one but, CSZ one, I think, but I don't remember specifically which one it was. Yeah, it was something where he showed, like, MK Dash was like, well, what would you do to do this? Would you take the shortest route? And he showed, yeah, like, yeah, the yeah. fifth place one, and then he was like, well... Or would you take the most speed? And he showed something. And then he finally showed like the perfect union of everything with whoever did the fastest one. I think it was CSC. Um, yeah, or, or it might have been might have been Expert. I'm, I'm not sure. Wow. But it ended up using that C-up slide into the tree and then some ridiculous speed conservation stuff after that. And I think it's a great example of how much variety you can have in Mario 64. Like, so just a simple seeming task. Yeah, you end up with so many different things. Also, the glitches are just so, so cool. Oh, yeah. Like, you couldn't design a game to have better glitches than Mario 64 has. Just so many little quirks. Yeah. Like, not the only, only stuff like BLJ like... and C-Up Slide, but there's also, like, C-Up Jumps, 
little tiny texts about like redirecting speed in weird ways off of trees. Like yeah. you could have come up with a glitch like that. <laughs> there's all the little quirks that are like there's so there's so much depth in the small things. Yeah. Like the only one I can think of that like even comes close is maybe like Ocarina of Time or something. Something like that. But it's just very deep. Yeah, I wish I got more into Ocarina of Time, but I never owned any Zelda games. They never really? hit that nostalgia factor for me. Yeah. You should, you should, they're pretty fun. You should, you should just play one of those, you know. Just saying. Yeah, maybe once the ABC test is done, that can be, <laughs> that maybe, can be my next maybe. thing. Play through some Zelda. <laughs> <laughs> so, on the topic of those little things, or not even just little things, what is your favorite Super Mario 64 glitch? And why is it time stop? <laughs> so time stop is very, very cool. But um, actually, that, what's like your actual favorite? But yes, my favorite is the misalignment. And I, I think hmm. you actually you actually called this one, didn't you, if I saw right? But I yeah, said 207 DR. <laughs> yeah, my favorite glitch is the misalignment. And for anybody who's listening who's not familiar with that, a misalignment is a corner where Mario can snap up to floors that he normally wouldn't be able to get up to because there's a wall in the way. So like if you have a floor and you want to get onto that floor and there's like a wall next to that floor mm -hmm. and you're trying to get up to that, to that floor, normally the wall might get in the way, like the wall will keep you from getting onto the floor. But there's a little one by one square, it's like one centimeter by one centimeter on the corners of some platforms where the wall doesn't exist, but the floor does. And that lets you snap up onto the floor from much lower than un than you would be able to like anywhere else. Yeah. And I love that because partially because it saves us a lot of times in the ABC tasks. Like it lets us do um, Bowser in the Dark World fast in zero A presses. Yeah. It lets us get onto the, the vanish cap under the mode switch. We use two misalignments in a row to get onto the switch. It lets us like climb the stairs in Womp's Fortress super fast. Um, that. I enjoyed watching Cheese watch the ABC 70 task whip back because when he saw that, like, Womp's Fortress climb, he was just like, Jesus Lord. And I was like, oh, <laughs> Cheese likes that. <laughs> I need to go, like, find that clip. I really enjoyed watching that. But um, another reason that I like misalignments, I'm just going on and on about misalignments. Yes, you're good. Because, Keep going, dude. Yeah, they force you to do, to do, like, routes that you wouldn't do otherwise. And a sort of simple example, there are cooler examples than this, but a simple example is Vanish Cup under the moat because oh, yeah. the misalignment is in sort of the far corner. So instead of just like going up to the switch and jumping on top of it like you would normally do, you have to like go around to the back part of yeah. that switch and like sort of turn around and dive and dive recover into it. And that's sort of a simple example, but I feel like misalignments have the power to force you to route in unique and interesting ways that you <laughs> wouldn't normally have to otherwise. You're like, I'm not going to be able to just jump up into the middle of this wall. I'm going to have to find my way to the corner of this wall. And it's not always easy to get to the corner of the wall. So often you have to do something interesting to get there. Huh. Never really thought of it like that. I just like time stop. Oh, yeah. I love time stop, too. <laughs> and I am sorry, but the time stop strat for um, Cavern of the Metal Cap is dead for ABC. That oh, used I'm to so be sad. fastest for time stop, but I'm so sad. It has been vanquished. <laughs> I'm so sad. <laughs> um, anyways, so the, yeah, that's a really interesting answer in terms of misalignment because 
it's just so it's so ubiquitous too because it's on like i would say a majority of things in the game there's some misalignment somewhere it's just how do you use it yeah how do you find a way to actually get in the right position that's a that's an interesting answer yeah you're right that the majority of the platforms in the game do have one i, I can say that any rectangular platform that's mm -hmm. aligned with like north south east west has yeah. at least one misalignment that's a guarantee um, yeah just it's yeah, the it, corner not facing the origin right yeah and if it's not one that's directly north south east west all bets are off sometimes there's a misalignment sometimes not but you can always check pretty easily so <laughs> huh so next question we got only got a couple more left i know you've been here a while but i've got to oh, get through all it. these questions honestly i could go all day and i'm sure <laughs> our listeners could too right You're, of no, course <laughs> so let's see okay so You've mentioned that you've gotten a lot better at tasking. What do you still wish to improve on? So, I won't only give answers that I've already talked about. Like, I think micro-optimization, I would like yeah. to get better at that. But um, there are some other things that I'd like to improve at as well. One of them is BLJs, because mm -hmm. I've been doing ABC for so long, I have yeah. not really been tasking <laughs> BLJs. And also, a lot of the tasks that happen also ban blgs so mm -hmm. i haven't really had a lot of times to practice it i almost always lose tasks where blgs are fastest i don't do huh. as well on those because i just don't have that much practice it's just not and, even in your like your mental space of like doing it yeah like i'm i'm of course aware of a lot of the blg spots yeah. in vanilla but i can't always figure out like the right way to set it up the right way to use it so i often end up using the wrong blj if i use a blj at all it's just not something I'm a, I'm a fish out of water for BLJs. So I would like to get better at that. And <laughs> I've kind of been thinking that after the ABC test is finished, you know, maybe 2023 or whatever, no, I'm just kidding, whatever yeah. it may be a while <laughs> away, I might want to give that um, Bowser in the Sky squish cancel strat a look. Ooh. Because I did test a squish cancel before for ABC trials. So I, I have like had to work with that before. And... You know, oh, maybe man, I maybe, maybe I can those. try that out. <laughs> yeah, so maybe I could give that a shot doing the um, the squish cancel there. But hopefully somebody else gets to it first because there's a lot of ABC stuff left to do. Yeah. And I'm trying not to get too distracted. Um, so in some sense, I guess Stay it's good course. that yeah, task comp is on hiatus. So maybe that helps a little bit because I'm not spending as much time on those. I can focus really well on the yeah. ABC tasks. Yeah. So on the topic of the ABC trials... I completely forgot that that existed until you mentioned it. Um, what, how, what, okay, let me formulate a question here. Um, let's see. Could, what, what, what is your opinion on those? How did you think that whole thing went? How did you do yeah, that? Was, that? That was a really, really fun time. Like, I I saw the video for it when Panin posted it in, I think, December or so. Something like that. Last December. Yeah. And I was so excited to finally, like, to do that to do that task because that sort of journey of discovery of coming up with new strats that's always some something where i had always had to like look for new strats in addition to what had been found before which is tough yeah. like it's there's lots of stuff to find but it's also been explored to a certain extent whereas abc yeah. trials this was like a completely new world that i was going to be exploring all on my own because it I was required to explore it all on my own. That's the rules of the mm -hmm. competition. So yeah. 
I thought it was a really cool opportunity to like break quote unquote new ground myself, but it's not really new because because Panon had figured it all out, but yeah, you know, it's new ground for everybody else. And it's also a situation where you're kind of guaranteed that there's a best solution. Like I, I figured pretty quickly that it would be possible zero X. I didn't mm -hmm. know if I'd be able to figure out how, but I knew that it was pretty likely to be possible after I saw that like the first 20 or whatever were possible zero X. Yeah. So, I don't think Panu um, would be the type of guy to put in one, <laughs> it's just random spot. <laughs> yeah. So I spent the first couple months of 2020 working on that. Um, I, I was unemployed for the first few months after I'd mm. finished up grad school at the end of 2019. So I had a lot of time to work on that. And that was a really good way to keep myself like focusing on something other than just the drudgery of job apps, which get pretty boring. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. I can definitely attest to that. So that was something that really helped me like keep focused on a fun hobby during that time. Um, and it slowed down work on the button challenge tasks, like the speed tasks a little bit, but that's okay. Yeah. It was well worth it because it was so much fun to try it out. And big shout out to Jong for, for winning that. Winning I that, was super yeah. impressed because I honestly didn't think anybody would beat it in zero A presses. I thought that there were so many ideas required out, yeah. that, yeah, that like everybody would miss at least one thing. I felt like that was the case that even if you can figure out 95% of everything, then you're still going to be missing a couple of the trials. But yeah, Zhang did an amazing job. He had mm -hmm. every tool that he needed to solve the whole thing, which was super impressive. Yeah, he he really went hard on that too. He put in so many hours. Yeah, he did a little bit of the gamesmanship of trying to appear that he was in a um, like that he wasn't as far along as he was. Which <laughs> <he> was... <laughs> That's funny. Which I definitely don't blame him for. I. I did, I guess, a different form of gamesmanship where I decided not to say that it was me that was getting those times until the end. Um, it was just hmm. kind of fun to keep it a secret, I guess. <laughs> oh, yeah. A little bit of friendly competition. Yeah. <laughs> hmm. So, there you go. There's, there's the necessary ABC trials question. Um, here's the question I feel like a lot of people want answered. Uh, I don't know if you'll actually be able to answer this question. Um, do you think Bowser in the Fire Sea will ever be 0x on original console? Yeah, that's the, the million dollar question, isn't it? I and... would, if Panda put a million dollars on that question, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> I bet his job isn't quite that good, but you never know. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but yeah, that's a really good question. I think, okay, one thing that I will say, I think if it is possible, I think Tyler can figure it out. Uh, yeah, I'm very impressed by him, and I don't mean to put it all on him. Like I, I realize now how bad that sounds because. No, I'll pull it all. That's on him. Like... Tyler, you got to do this. You <laughs> only alone. <laughs> but yeah, I think he definitely has like the talent and the ability to pull that off. Yeah, He's like a, a really special generator of ideas, I would say. Um, as as yeah. to whether it actually is possible. I, I couldn't say. I'm not knowledgeable enough about it to say for sure. My guess is that 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 it's probably possible just because like all of the individual pieces are there. Seem like they're there, but the combination, particularly the final speed transfer, mm -hmm. seems so incredibly complicated that it's hard for me to be sure. Like I'm I'm not at the point where where I can say, Oh, this is the blueprint and this is the obstacle. I'm more at the yeah. point where I'm like, well, 
here's an obstacle and we don't have a blueprint for getting past that obstacle, that final speed transfer. That's mm -hmm. my understanding of the situation. Um, so there have been like probabilities thrown around and I don't really know if I'm the most trustworthy on this, but my evaluation of the chances that it's possible is like 70% or something like that. Hmm. But that's mostly because I'm unknowledgeable enough about it that I should say something close to 50-50. I can't be very confident either way. <laughs> Makes sense. So that's my best guess. It's not a very hot take. I realize anything between 20 and 80 will not be a very hot take. <laughs> yeah, I was waiting for the 100% possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Haven't you heard? We already have it tasked. Oh, yeah. Just... <laughs> this, the whole task is done. We're just waiting yeah. on the, the encode. <laughs> oh, yeah, man. unfortunately not. <laughs> Rip. It's so, tough. assuming it is possible, are you looking forward to having to speed test that? Well, if it's possible, I'm kind of hoping that I'll be happy to just use whatever task might be created by by presumably Tyler. Then Tyler, yeah. Maybe somebody else will come along. Like I know that he's also really interested in doing it with a lot of speed. Um, mm -hmm. So I think I'd be happy with whatever he did. Now, if, if he came out with a task that he thought was pretty improvable, then I might give it a look over to see how feasible it is to replicate the strats. Like it's very different to be the first one to do a strat and to be the one to optimize it. It's yeah. much, much, much harder to be the first one. I can say that for sure. Showing new ground versus just like making it slightly better. Yeah, well, I, yeah, I guess I should say um, like it's easier to pull the strat off at all after somebody else has pulled it off. It can be really yeah. hard to optimize it, but it's easier to be the second person to pull something off than it is to be the first person to pull something off by oh, a yeah, lot. Definitely. Like just knowing that something is possible. That was actually a big factor in the ABC trials. There's like a spreadsheet where people kept track mm -hmm. of which ones they did. And whenever yeah. I saw something go to zero from one for the sum of best, that would renew my energy to look at that more. <laughs> and yeah, same, that makes sense. Yeah, same might be true of Fire C. Like if Tyler gets it done, then maybe I'll be able to look it over and think about it in detail and say, okay, well, maybe I understand this well enough to optimize it a little more. But I wouldn't really count on it. I think I probably won't do that. I'll probably be very pleased with anything that <laughs> that gets it done in zero yeah. X. Like I would honestly be overjoyed to see any zero X task of it. I would be happy if it Same. was if it was two hours and the rest of the task was one point one point one hours or something like that. I'd be like, give it to me. Let's hex it together. Let's do this. <laughs> like, well, I, I would be if you like a task anything. that takes a long time, uh, there is this VVC version. Um. <laughs> That's true. That is, that is sort of a lame version of it. <laughs> yeah, I I know. Yeah, sometimes folks ask about like why aren't we doing the tests on WeVC? But mm -hmm. I'm kind it's of an N64 lame. purist. Yeah, I also don't That's, know how to test on WeVC, but <laughs> but yeah, it's I am a purist for N64. <laughs> Same. All right, so that was just the general questions for everything. Now I have a couple Patreon questions from the patrons that support YukikiCast. Thanks for okay. all of them. So they know that you, as a gamer, play the game Fortnite. Yep. And I have two yeah, Fortnite true. questions. Okay. <laughs> One, where are we dropping? That's let's the question. Go, yeah, let's go to Slurpy Swamps. Yeah, I love the ability to build up your shield right at the beginning of the game for free. It's pretty nice. <laughs> nice. I, I hope have no Patreon idea. subscribers love it. <laughs> I'm going to take your word for it because I've never played Fortnite. <laughs> Number two, which Fortnite dance can you do the best? 
So this is a purely theoretical question. I haven't. Uh, <laughs> I, I haven't don't believe you. I you know that. you'd have to try it at least <laughs> once. Maybe if I had enough drinks, then maybe I have <laughs> about it. I don't know. But if I had to choose one, I would say that I could probably do a rockin' business hips. Like business hips is a um, a song where there's like a a person whistling and moving along and working their hips, and the ah. hips don't lie. I can attest to that. So I think that would probably be the one that I could rock the best. So you're, what you're saying is that your hips do not lie. Yes, exactly. Ah, okay. <laughs> I cannot confirm, but I will take your word. <laughs> Uh, okay, yeah, you, can, you can look up business hips after the. <laughs> that's I will. Really add, that stick, we can just edit that in. Cast. Edit that into the YouTube video. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay. Next question. Um. So, uses a little bit more actual related questions. Um. So your profile picture is a picture of Mars. Um. What's What's up with that? Are you a space enthusiast? So I am a space enthusiast, and I I can see why you think that it looks like Mars, but. Believe it's it or not, Mars. it's actually taken on Titan, which makes it the, ah, the farthest Thanos. picture. Yeah, yeah, that is Thanos. Yeah, that's so that's the picture that's taken on the surface of a body farthest from Earth. Hmm. Um, like we've had lots of pictures from the surface of Mars. We have some pictures from the surface of Venus, obviously from the surface of the Moon. And but Earth. other than that, yes, that is a good point. We have some pictures of the surface of Earth as well. <laughs> yes. But we have that one picture, I think it's the only one, from the surface of Titan, which huh. makes it the farthest away uh, heavenly body that we have a picture of from the surface. So I think that's super cool. That is, and yeah, that's really cool. That I'm, yeah, I would say I'm a space enthusiast. I I always like try to follow the news. I was recently pretty excited to see that they discovered some compounds on Venus that are really, really hard to explain the origin of. And it could be a hint... <laughs> Uh, like bacterial life, it might not be. I don't want to be like clickbait, clickbait science article. Fifth Spence thing, confirms but... aliens. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Perfect, you could cast title. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, it, you know, if if there's any sign of alien life in the solar system, that's probably the best sign so far. Actually, hmm. like I, I don't think it means that it's aliens, but it's very vaguely plausible at least. There's no. Other it's more plausible than anything else we've seen so far. Yeah, so if you look up Venus Phosphine, you can find out more about this space stuff. Nice. I know that Venus exists, and yeah, that's about it. Yeah, you're me. halfway there. Yeah, that's that's the first word. Just got to work on the second one. <laughs> so here we go. Where did you get your username from? Uh, so this is a high school story, actually. Really? It's not that amazing of a story, but there was somebody on... Um, one of my friends was coming up with rapper names for a group of friends, and my last name is Spencer, mm -hmm. so he started calling me Fiddy Spence, and I guess people liked it. It stuck pretty well, so ever since that, I've been using variations of that as usernames on all sorts of websites, and almost always, like the most, I don't know, like the most typical versions of it are taken, like lots yeah. of usernames are taken out there, so this is one, F-I-F-D, like people don't really spell it that way, and for good reason, yeah. but my first name starts with a D, so why not? Also make it like D Spence, short for D Spencer, whatever my first name may be. <laughs> yeah. So that's where 50 Spence came from. Huh. So what you're saying is rap album coming soon. Yeah, just wait. It's going to be a, a rap commentary, actually, of the uh -huh. ABC <laughs> I'm still working on the rhymes. i got to figure out what rhymes with hope. Hope. Uh, yeah. Pulp. Uh, yes, that's a good one. Pulp. Yeah. 
There you go. You love yeah. your orange juice, don't right. you? <laughs> you just helped me finish up that wrap. There you go. Yeah, you had half a bar. Now, <laughs> now I have one bar. Yeah. Getting there. <laughs> oh, man. And here we go. This is the final Patreon question. If you had to team up with anyone on a task, who would it be? Is is it only one person? Is that required? Sure, let's get one person. Oh, no. So... I think one thing that I should do, I should choose somebody that I haven't teamed up with because I've really enjoyed yeah. all of my part. Like I've teamed up with Rush and Krithalith on mm -hmm. some task competition tasks. They were both incredible to work with. And MK Dasher was like an amazing collaborator on Bowser oh, and yeah, Dark definitely. World. So I'm going to try to think of like somebody that I have not collaborated with before. Hmm. I, I'm trying to take into account like the combination of like how much fun might we have talking about this stuff and also how amazing of a task might we make. Yeah. I think it, it's a hard choice because there are lots of other people. There's that so I many, love so many with, other tassers. I think I'm going to go with CSC for this one as well. Oh. Um, so another, another CSC shout out coming out, but he's such a cool tasser. I've actually technically collaborated with him a very little bit because he did a part of um, the Talon star in SSL, but that was a fairly short star. So yeah, we could, we could get a longer co-op going at some point, maybe. Longer collab. That was weird. <laughs> Zero so, A-press free run? When? Ooh, that's a very interesting idea. Maybe once maybe once this is done, we can do like a free maybe. run to celebrate. Like after Maybe when you're stuck on Bowser in the Fire Sea. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But yeah, actually, that, that could be kind of interesting. Like once the entire 70 star task is done, like hack... Hex on a little bonus free run to the end of it, maybe somewhere that could be maybe. a cool idea. Maybe. Yeah, I'm just saying, it'd be over. pretty cool. You hear that, CSZ? Yeah, that that could be a fun collab. I'm not very practiced at free running, but it is pretty interesting to watch, so maybe give that a shot. So yeah, I have maybe... to pick only one person. I'm going to pick CSC. I got it. Figure How about it a group? Let's make a it group. more interesting. Oof. Well, I'd like to pull in... Nonsense as well. Let's say, let's say you have like three people you want to work with. Let's say three. Three people. And I'm going to continue to to exclude Krith Rush and MK Dasher, who I've already done a decent amount of collaboration with. Yeah. So I'm going to keep CSC as one of those. Um, I'll put Nonsense as another one. Mm -hmm. Legendary. And who else should I go with? You know, you, you can make the argument for for putting silent slayers in, but I think we should try to keep an injury free team, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> yeah oh, you don't have to call them out like that. Uh, I'm just kidding. I, I'm, I'm sorry, SS. I, <laughs> no, right. you, you'd be wonderful to work with, but I I know that your hand is not going out so well right now. So I hope mm. it gets better soon. But yeah, yeah. who else should I choose for the third one? Maybe I'll go with. It's okay. A return of Dargas. Yes, I would. I'd love to work with you too. I know that you haven't done like as much speed I'm testing not, recently, I'm if not, I'm not mistaken. I haven't done an actual task myself in four years. <laughs> but if you came back, I would definitely team up with you just for the chance to force you to return. So oh no, don't do this accept, to me. Then. <laughs> <laughs> but anyways, Dargos. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Because he's done some really, really cool ABC tests. Oh yeah. I've enjoyed seeing those a lot. Yeah. And especially because of the work he puts in on, like, let alone the vanilla tasks and the ROM hack tasks, he'll definitely have some, like, unique experiences that could translate well. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. 
So I, I think that'll be my team, CSC, Nonsense, and Dargas. But there are certainly lots more people that I would love to add to that team if I could you know, create a giant mega-tass team of 30 yeah. elite tassers. <laughs> if you could pick 100 elite tassers, <laughs> don't worry. <record. laughs> <laughs> Who would be your 53rd placing? 53rd. Yeah. That's, yeah, let's start ranking people from best to worst right now. I'm just kidding. Top 10 tassers <laughs> of all time. Oh, gosh. Oh. <laughs> That one I will plead the fifth on. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so nonsense. I see. <laughs> plead the 55th. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> Damn, it would have been funny. I should have said that. <laughs> oh, man. So that basically wraps up about all the questions. Do uh, you have anything else you wanted to mention that you haven't talked about that you want to? Well, subscribe to Ted. Subscribe to you. Kick a cast. Yes, I like yeah. both of those. Those are good statements. Yeah, uh, I think those are the main things that I want to say. And just thanks for taking the time and for having oh, yeah? me. It's been thanks an honor and a here. pleasure. Subscribe to Fifth Dispense. There, right back oh, at you. you. All right. Yeah. Let's thanks get everybody all these for listening. Subscriptions going. Yeah. Thanks everybody for listening. This has been Yukiki Cast episode five. Uh, I've been your host, One Ten Fifty Nine, with Fifth Dispense, Legendary Tasser. We've linked a lot of YouTube videos. They'll be in the description or something, wherever the description is on whatever server this will be on. Thank you guys for listening and I'll see you guys next time. Peace out. You can say bye All to you. Right. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs>